Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Welcome to Animal Special on The Riley and Kimmy Show. This is where we talk about animals, pets, dogs, cats, wildlife, birds, reptiles, all types of animals. Correct, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. And this is the place you found where we we discuss all kinds of things that are animal related. And one of the things we're going to do here is we're going to talk with an artist. Matter of fact, this is from our pop culture show that we do, the Riley and Kimmy show. We had the opportunity to talk with Martin Dunn, artist, creator Martin Dunn recently. And one of the things we're going to excerpt, if you will, from that extended interview about pop culture is Martin with his daughter, his nine-year-old daughter, Evie, they have done, well, it's actually Evie's project, a comic book about a dog. And the comic book is called Fetch, and Evie created this on her own. And it was at seven years of age when it started. And I, I can't believe it, seven years old. Now, she is nine, and this project is is coming to the hands of everyone. And I thought we'd talk with Martin a little bit about that, about his daughter, Evie, and what inspired the comic book about their dog, Roscoe. And it's called Fetch the Comic Book. And Martin, Evie is probably one of the youngest comic book creators of all time, right? I don't know. Or at least one of, right? I mean, she's got to be one of. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not entirely sure if she is, um... I know the kid who made Axe Cop was pretty young. Mm. I don't know how young, but if I if I were to look it up, I, I feel like he was pretty young. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm curious now. I'm gonna look it up. All right. Um, Axe Cop I know was uh, it's like brothers, and I think the brother was five when they made it up, but I'm not sure if it was five when they started it, you know, or like what I know he's older now. It, it was created in like 2009. Um, but apparently the book was created by Malachi and Ethan Nicole and Malachi was five years old. When the oh. series began. So he might be the youngest. My only question is I'm heard. Uh, I've heard that. The book was um, – it was more Ethan just kind of taking random crap his brother told him mm. and turned it into that, whereas Evie has sat and mulled over scripts and came up with ideas and bounced ideas off of editors, and you know she's actually been right there. So I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know what the extent of her uh, – or of his – involvement that comic was but i'm sure we could look it up and find out exactly who did what and where and who's the youngest but she's definitely got to be like at least the youngest in florida right i mean wow at least in that level i'm I'm, I'm not trying to be a jerk i've seen some people trying to push their kids into scenarios where they're trying to exploit them pretty badly and 
they're always like really crappy looking stuff. I'm sorry, but this situation, she's <laughs> she she's actually got like a professional art team and like comic company like like working for her <laughs> essentially. So I don't know how many nine year olds that can say that. Wow, it, it is now are you gonna ha- well? Well, let's explain what what her book is about. Evie has. It was her idea, right? I mean, you didn't sit and say, let's just do the comic book. I mean, she well, it was kind of her idea. What The whole thing starts with this. Like, First of all, I want to point out something my daughter has that I don't have. My daughter has already been invited to Megacon. I haven't even had my invitation yet. I know <laughs> I'm going to, but I haven't had it yet. <laughs> so my daughter has already beaten me out the door. Uh, she's been a guest on Smodcast for her book. Um, our friend Mallory... Uh, is friends with those guys and set that up. She's been featured on bleeding cool. I mean, I have, but just she's, she was seven when all this was happening, by the way. So she's already beaten a lot of people out the door and she was ranked number nine. And for the, for two weeks on comiXology and then like followed up by 12 on comiXology for another two weeks. So for over a month, she was in the top 20 of comiXology's, uh, you know, books like, that we're getting put over pretty well. So yeah, she's, she's on a roll. Um, the book, this is how it all starts. Starts the sad story. Um, and let's see now it was 2014. Our, uh, our dog Roscoe started to act strange. It's really where it starts. He started to act strange and we couldn't figure out what was on with him. Um, it was the week of July 20th when this all started. Um, and he started to not want to eat. He, you know, he kept going out in the yard and kind of laying down backside of the yard. And he uh, wasn't very active and he, he couldn't keep any, like he wouldn't, he couldn't keep any water down. He kept uh, puking and he'd whimper and whine and try to go to the bathroom. We, we weren't really sure what was going on with that. He was just sick at first. And the thing is, some people were like, oh, well, how'd you guys, like the thing is, is Roscoe was, if you go and look back, I mean, it's sad. If you go look back when he passed away and the stuff I said on my wall, and I was like, I can't believe this is happening, blah, blah, blah. First of all, I felt like a kid died. I felt like one of my kids died. It was it hurt that bad. But secondly, my friends and people who, you know, would come and hang out stuff, they were all devastated, Patrick, which you mm. never – people always like, oh, it sucks that your your pet passed away. But you never see a, a group of people who were so touched by an animal. And the reason is, is Roscoe was not like any dog I've ever known. Literally, as in ever known. I mean, some people might know one, but I personally have never met a dog like this dog. And that's not because he was my dog. He just, he was, he, he acted like a person. Mm. He didn't bark. He tried to talk. Oh. It was weird sometimes where you're like, like you would say something to him and he would like make that weird back at you, but not barking, like noises, you know, he would try to use vocal cords that weren't there. He would insist on sitting at the table with the family for his food. He, uh, you know, he, he had to have his own, like, it just, it was really, and we have another dog, Zelda, who's very similar, but not to the extent of how he was. He would, you'd come home from, you know, wherever, he'd come up to you and give you a hug. Not like jump on like dogs. He would get up on his hind legs and put his arms around your waist. So he was just, it was weird to us how much like a person he acted. So when he stopped acting like that, it was, it was, you know, it was scary. So we took him to a vet and they said that he was dehydrated. 
and they gave him the water, you know, pump kind of thing. And they said every other than that, you know, he probably just was uh, had a, a stomach bug. I was really upset by this this sequence because we could have saved his life. But essentially, oh, almost a week goes by, nothing's changed. Take him to another uh, vet for a different opinion. They give him the water sack again. They say that he's um, uh, he's got some sort of. They think he's got some sort of. Uh, like kidney infection or, or something like that. Take him home, still no change. Take him to another vet. Finally, they do some x-rays and stuff. Come back to us and he says he's got gastric torsion, Ooh. which is the stomach. If you ever watch uh, Marley and Me, it's what Marley dies from. It's, it's right. the stomach flips upside down. And it's usually from dogs eating too, uh, too fast. And so... Um, Basically, um, he he was, you know, he's laying there, and they told me, you know, and by the way, this was my daughter Brooklyn's birthday that this all went down when we found when we had to put him down, and they basically told us that they could give him the surgery; it would cost us something like four grand, and there was only like this six percent chance or some weird number like that that he could even survive it at this point because he was so weak mm. and so we were given the option of taking him home and letting him suffer until he passed or they would uh they'd put him to sleep and so i was not i didn't handle it very well i'll put it that way i was pissed I said things. I was angry, um, and he—they put him to sleep, like actually to sleep, not you know the the euthanization. They just put him to sleep first, so he'd fall asleep. And so he fell asleep right there with us. But I left the room before they gave him the second shot. We got home and we told the kids what happened. We're you know kind of going over everything. I'm beating in my head how I'm supposed to explain to the kids this whole scenario, how I'm supposed to tell my daughter Brooklyn on her birthday. And meanwhile, meanwhile, all the kids, we have a lot of dogs. We you've talked about you, you're a dog lover. We're big dog lovers. So all my kids had their own dog. Roscoe originally was Trent or was Evie, Evie's dog, but he, um, you know, he'd kind of grown on to become everyone's dog, but he was, he was Evie's dog was her, her thing. She was seven at the time. We're trying to explain this in a way that makes sense. So I finally was like, God needed him for a higher purpose. So my mom used to tell me when I was a kid, so maybe that'd work. They go to church every Sunday. This potentially could work. As you've met my children, you know they're very different. <laughs> they're very smart. Very, Evie, very smart. Evie looks at me, and so she's been studying um, mythology in school at that point. And so she looks at me, and she's like, what do you mean having like Olympus? I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever. She walks away, comes back a little while later and just drops this plan upon me. Like plan is Mount Olympus is on earth. It's located on earth. Yeah. If that's the way to get to heaven, then what if we just went and picked them up? So then I had to try to 
filter through that. And what ended up happening was she went and drew a, a comic, if you will. Um, just really just a bunch of random pictures and stuff of her and one of Roscoe's toys that had come to life fighting Greek gods to get to a rainbow bridge to rescue him. And I said, this is actually really clever. Mm. And so I was telling um, D fish about it. And D was like, that is brilliant. So I, I made a comment to Evie. I go, that's a really good idea. You should make a comic book, you know, at the time, I was super busy. We were doing um, Whitechapel with uh, IDW. We were doing Star Major with IDW. We were doing Carpe Noctum with Hashtag. Uh, obviously, our own stuff like uh, Joshua Black and Wellkeeper and all the different projects me and Dee both had separately. And then at the same time, Dee and I were developing a project that still hasn't – we've still never finished, which because of Fetch kind of took precedent. But we were working on a different project completely that we wanted to do through Kickstarter. Evie comes to me that night and says, I'm not really good at this. Would you help me make this a comic book? And I said, well, I'm really busy and this, that, and the other. And she basically was like, well, I just think it would help me. And I want to make it because then if I made it and it was really good, maybe other kids could read it and it would help them if they're sad because they lost the pet too. And so she sat there and she told me the entire story of Fetch. Now, Evie is a horror movie fan. So her version of the story at the time was a little more graphic than a kid's book should be. We're talking, um, there was decapitations and removing of arms and stuff. But after a little uh, conversation, she came around to the idea of making it a little bit more kid-friendly. And then she, I sat there and started sketching ideas for her. And she came up with the story. And basically, she's, I would say, done a good 70% of all story herself with me kind of along the way going, all right, maybe you should try this because this is too much or, Hey, this is kind of bland. We should try to spruce this up, but mostly it's been all on her and she's done a very good job. Some of the dialogue even um, without, you know, a lot of people can't believe that some of the dialogue is hers, but a lot of, you've talked to her, you know, that she, she's weird. She is very smart. Yeah. So her, her wit and charm shows through in the dialogue. So everything that Evie says in this book is directly from, from my daughter Evie's mouth. Um, there is no me coaching her on that. Like everything the character Evie says is 100% from her. Um, everything else has been more just me and Allie and um, Bree uh, kind of bouncing things from her at the table and writing down what she says back and then kind of reformatting a little bit. So it's, it's very interesting. She has a very different take, I think, on mythology. And it's, it's a really good story. Like, that's the thing. It, it, you would think that it would be a little cheesy, and it's not. And there's so much depth to it can, coming from a child of her age. Um, and you're talking about her being smart. One of the things that, that she said was, you can't, have, you can't ever have a future. One of her, her messages for the book is to people is, you can never have your future if you're always in the past. That's something she said on my podcast when I had her on there talking about it on the spot. I had no part in that. That was Allie and I both were just like, wow. And then her other thing was the way the book ends 
and it's not come out yet, so I'm not going to spoil it. But the way the book ends is so prolific for a nine-year-old that I I can't be more proud of her because it's not about. And I guess you could give like it's not really spoilery, I guess, in the sense of that it's it's a message, and the message truly is that like the final dialogue of the book is the dad asks her if she's okay. And she says, no, but I'm going to be. And that, to me, is it's pretty deep for a kid. Oh, yeah. Very deep for anybody, really. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a tearjerker, though. A lot of people think it's a big comedy book. It's it's tearjerker. That last chapter is going to get everybody. I I know you well enough. I can tell, just by listening to you, this, you're still, I don't want to say bothered. You're still, this still hurts in the heart doesn't it oh every day see i i have i have my ways of 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 dealing with it evie still um has a hard time talking about him i'm I'm really my biggest concern with her doing shows is when people ask her about it oh but she just breaks down um the kickstarter video we did if you watch it, it it'll make you cry um I'm in all the shots with her talking about the book because when she tried to do it by herself, she just could not keep it together. And so I had a few people um, who remain nameless that all were like, oh, you should totally use those cuts. And I go, why? And I'm like, oh, because that's that people will they you know, they'll they'll throw money left and right because a little girl crying. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not a jerk. Like, I can't. I, I'm not OK with that. You know, it's not about that. And. You know, it her her project has been such a she doesn't know all the the hiccups that project's had. So th- there's a few hiccups that project's had. That project is a year late for Kickstarter mm. backers. Um, I I can't really say there's there's factors, variables, things that come into play with any project. One of the problems with Kickstarter was someone uh, very maliciously backed us for $1,000 and then removed it after the project was in, before they got charged, basically, but after the project was funded. Um, You have two weeks to pay your your Kickstarter bill, people. And if it doesn't go, if they don't decide to pay for it, what happens is you don't get the money, obviously, but you also... It doesn't show your Kickstarter backers that you didn't get that money. Oh, boy. So everyone probably thinks that we bogarted the money or whatever because it made $5,000, it says. It didn't, though. I paid D and we paid Gab for the art and everything else has come out of my pocket. Um, I still haven't figured out how I'm going to print it yet, like the big book for the Kickstarters or ship it. Still trying to put that together. Um. The book currently is almost finished colored, the full book. Because it was originally a graphic novel. We broke it up into issue one and two because I got tired of Evie feeling discouraged over it. Mm. Um, and I told the Kickstarter backers as much as I can. There, there are some things I'm not allowed – not I'm not allowed to. I just I'm not too professional to talk about publicly of why there are delays that we've had. But essentially the book was ready and just – it was ready – for everything back in 2014 story-wise 
it took over a year to finish the pencils. It took me a little bit of time to finish all the inks. And now we're still finishing the colors. So there was a snag in the art process somewhere. Um, and things happen. You can't tell Kickstarter people that, though, because a lot of people I've got people who literally have told me that I was exploiting my daughter. Oh, boy. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, those type of people, I can just send them their money back. Um, this project happened because it was it was a personal project that meant a lot to her. I I. I gained no monetary value from this project, so. It's just one of those things. So yeah, I, I'm de I'm definitely still very passionate about this in a lot of different ways. There's still hurt there from Roscoe. There's still aggravation from the Kickstarter project. There's still uh, stress from the fact it's not done. It's the reason why you don't see a lot of Kickstarters from my company because this one is a weight on my shoulders for two years now. Because mm. think the project got funded in 2014. It's 2016 now. We had a year deadline and we're a year late. Have you approached uh, an advertiser? I know you use advertising like with your with other books that you have. I, have you tried I that? I haven't yet. I'm waiting for us to finish this this second half. Once I have the second half done, the plan is to do the collected edition and talk to some advertisers, uh, some other conventions, and some people like that, and see okay. if I can't get some advertising. The only other option at that point is to try to run a some sort of crowdfunding thing to try to get the money to afford the print run. Because I can show people that one of the backers gave us $1,000 and then retracted and deleted his account. Mm. I have theories of who that person is. Okay. So, Just out of curiosity, Martin, I know it probably is different depending on the book, if it's black and white, if it's color, etc. But... Evie's book is it? Co it's color. You because I thought I heard you say color. Yeah, it's color. Okay, what what what's it cost to print the book? Just out of curiosity, if you don't um, mind revealing, what 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 does it cost to do this? The full book, forty eight pages, um, color, is going to run us probably about five to six dollars, probably. Whoa. Yeah. Unreal. Something like that. That's it, a rough estimate. I have to I have to do some math on it, but probably somewhere in there. Okay. The cheapest it'll be is like four. So four somewhere to four to six bucks. I'll put it that way. Okay. So like the Joshua Black uh, graphic like trade the the big one. Right. Big uh, four issue collected one. That one runs me about six dollars a book. Ouch. So it can't be more than that. Okay. And that's a hundred pages. This is forty-eight, so it's half that. So I'm I'm guessing probably about four to five bucks now. Actually, when I think about it. So. Do you print in the United States or do you go offshore? Yeah, I print at Greco, um, in Michigan. Okay. So they they do pretty good. I like them. Um, I like them more for their speed than anything, and their customer service. They have good customer service and and speed. Everyone's like, oh, well, this person has better quality. I'm like, those guys don't have – they don't have horrible quality. You've seen my books. They, they're, they're pretty decent. Mm -hmm. um, they're not the best. I've seen better quality, but they're not the worst either. They're a good, happy medium with a amazing staff of, of uh, customer service, and they're, 
you cannot beat their their rush charge. Like they charge you twenty bucks for a rush charge of how many books you're ordering, and you get your books in a in a week. A week? Yeah. Like I've actually, Patrick, I've gotten my books in two days before. Yeah. I've sent them here. on a Monday and got them on a Wednesday. So, yeah, it's uh. Those guys are good when you, when you need them on in a pinch. They've never failed me in that way. Now I've had issues with um, uh, quality control issues, but other than that, that's about my biggest complaint is I've had quality control issues where they don't let me know a page that was pixelated had gotten past them, so they didn't double check enough. Or uh, one time we had a a page that was we had asked them to put their ad in the book because they'll do that. And instead of putting their ad in the book, they didn't. And what ended up happening was we ended up with a plain white page and then a double page page spread got split in half. Oh, boy. But they replaced those books. They sent me new books. I'm totally unfamiliar with them. You know, I'm familiar with some of the printing places in uh, Florida and some that use overseas. But I'm I'm actually totally – they were off my radar. Never heard of them. You're the the first I ever heard mention Um, them. Their, their company is also known as Comics Wellspring. I think I've heard of that. So, there you go. All right. Well, Evie is possibly going to be at Space Coast Comic Con. You'll be talking about that there. And I know she is going to be at that big Tampa Megacon. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm planning on having her on with me at Space Coast. This is my plan to have her at Space Coast and to have her at... Um, uh, Orlando Toy Expo okay. on October 1st. Um, I don't think I have any other shows besides those. Um, the big events for me coming up is we have we have Space Coast. We have, which by the way, I cannot believe Space Coast is almost here. It's insane. It's, um, it is. Yay. <laughs> so we have Space Coast. We have um, Orlando Toy Comic Expo, which is October 1st. So... Any events where I'm out publicly, I'm planning on bringing Evie because I want her to be ready for Megacon. And wait a minute, and you're bringing her in November to Daytona, right? That is the plan. Yeah. All right. So, the plan is to make her, you know, to get her as much exposure as possible before Megacon next year, so that maybe she can try to do a panel or, you know, who knows what. Oh, it was great having Martin Dunn on Animal Special. Thank you, Martin. Yes, thank you for spending some time and talking about something that I know troubled you. And I didn't mean to do that to a very good friend of the Riley and Kimmy show is to uh, bring up that that pain. And uh, I've known Martin for a long period of time, and I know him well enough to know that that did hurt for him to talk about. But I know he's quite proud of Evie and the project fetch and what did you think about that kimmy i i think that's wonderful that um she has this project now i played this for you because you were away for a little bit when we interviewed you were on on assignment when i interviewed martin about this project so before sitting down for this episode you had the opportunity to listen to this Mm -hmm. and i actually saw you starting to cry uh, when Martin was talking. I might have been tearing up there a little bit. I mean, you can tell that it's still painful for him, and it's it's something that's close to my heart. We've we've lost some really precious um, dogs in our lives, and yes. um, 
Yes, so it's very relatable, and it's good that um, it's great that they have this project to help them through it. Yes, we will put links to the book when it is available on Animal Special, and if you would like to hear the entire interview, now it goes beyond the comic book about Roscoe called Fetch. Uh, we talk about pop culture things and conventions and, and and you know more nerd geek related stuff, which the Riley and Kimmy show is all about. That's what we do every single day is talk about something that is pop culture related. It is it is very escape oriented. And if you'd like to check out that entire interview with Martin Dunn, you can find that on our website. That's RileyandKimmy.com. R I L E Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. And that is podcast number 973 with Martin Dunn. Be sure to tell your friends about Animal Special, the place you can find out more about animals, pets. And we are available, by the way, for your upcoming pet and animal-related event. If you have one in Florida, be sure to contact us. You can do that through our social media pages or directly through our website at at RileyandKimmy.com or AnimalSpecial.com. We have a website dedicated just to Animal Special. And if you, uh, matter of fact, know maybe somebody to interview or that event to check out, be sure to contact us and be sure to follow us on social media. Animal Special has a Facebook page, also Twitter and other social media. And you can find those links right on our website at AnimalSpecial.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.